Welcome to the Ion Investments Podcast. We have a really exciting topic today. And I like to think all of our topics are exciting, Rich, by the way. But today's especially, especially exciting as we have, we're going to be talking about women and investing, why that's important, kind of what that looks like in today's environment. We actually have one of our tenured financial advisors with us today, Ms. Donna Williams, who's been working with our firm for the last uh, six years or so. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about women and money today, and there's some real financial planning items that get addressed when it comes to women and what financial advisors look at. A real quick item, for example, women live longer than men. So that as an advisor, you have to account for. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges. What are you saying? My wife, I can go home and tell my wife she's going to live longer than me. Yes. So I can spend the money though. I should go buy that Corvette. I'm not going to live longer. You got to worry about her. Oh, right. That's the wrong approach. Of course. course. Um, So there's some challenges that women face and we want to have the listeners be aware of them. We're not going to go over every single solution, which is why maybe you should talk to somebody, maybe talk to an advisor uh, or talk to an investment yeah, professional. I think but that's a great point, which brings up essentially um, this <laughs> to do this properly. You could have an hour, hour and a half uh, podcast or uh, or something to that nature to kind of go over all the different elements to this. So we're going to do it in a much shorter, compacted uh, time frame. And then, yes, uh, do some research. The research on this stuff is everywhere. Uh, meet with an eye investments financial advisor who could help you or your own uh, financial advisor. So Donna, you know, thank you for coming today. I want you to introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Donna Williams. As you mentioned, I've been in the industry for 14 plus years. So um, I've seen quite a lot with uh, women in investing. So I thought this topic was very fitting for me to join in. And I'm hoping that we can provide some really good advice to our listeners. And you've probably seen uh, mar- different market cycles during yeah. your 14 years and, and how that applies to Of women, course, right? of course. How they react because you, you kind of have, I'm sure you have clients, right? Where yeah. you have the husband and the wife. The yeah. husband might be the, uh, totally the money different. man, the woman might, and they have totally different. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. totally I mean, one of the things that stands out a lot is, um, you know, women just are afraid. They don't think they know enough. They don't think yep. they know where to start. And they kind huh? of... Uh, leave it to the spouses. And, you know, there's a lot of issues with that later down when the spouse is no longer I think you bring here. up like a, and I don't know if Rich, if you want to chime in, but I think you bring up a, a really awesome point there. I think the general public looks at investing as an anxiety yeah, uh, trigger, right? Anxiety trigger. And women, especially who by just default, I think character uh, are more cautious with mm-hmm. what they do, right? Typically there's some out there. I won't like to everybody, <laughs> but the reality is, is, yeah, they're a little more cautious. So they're, the way that they behave in an investing uh, standpoint is a lot different. That may be waiting too long. Uh, that might be just staying out of it altogether, right? Leaving it in an FDIC insured cash account, earning no interest. So there's a lot of yeah. reasons that women don't invest or don't invest quickly enough and other things. We'll touch upon that uh, today. Well, yeah, yeah there's, the, uh, there's the emotional part of it, but then there's the other part, which is the life part of it. We have kids. Right. We, we stay oh, right. home. We don't go to work. We don't work as often yep. as the... The husband, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we start working later in life or we have to take breaks in life. If mm-hmm. we're a school teacher, we don't work throughout the summer. So it's a probably, lot of those things tie into why women are, seem to always be behind when it yeah. comes to investing. Hey, and you have kids, Donna, we know that. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. And it's, when you have children. kids, we love them, but yeah. we, it definitely is a sacrifice on careers and, and, and saving. Let me ask you then, when you have your kids, I know you're in the financial advising world, so your answer is probably a little different, but you could probably relate to somebody where they go, all right, kids are first. Oh yeah. You know, feed them. Oh, yeah. You Put know, the food on clothes, the table. <laughs> on, clothes on them. I'll worry about mama later. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we so save, but we save, we tend to save for our kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we're not thinking retirement, especially right. if you're young. I right. mean, one of the things I look back is if I had started this 
you know, the advice I give now, I wish I had that advice given to me in my you know early twenties, right. because that's how early we need to start saving. Right. Like I said, you know, one person stays home and then the women just tend to always fall behind. So, so Donnie, you bring up a good point. I actually have four major points or challenges that, that women face. And we'll continue with that. The first one is women are more likely to interrupt their careers, to raise children or care for family members. And I think that affects a lot of family, especially during COVID. And I have an interesting staff in the Bureau of Labor since January of this year. So we're we're still recording this podcast end of 2020. 2.2 million women have left the workforce. And in September, when school started, it was quadrupled. About four times more women left the workforce. So I think not only... Pre-COVID, we have this challenge, but now it's becoming even more of a challenge as women are, are kind of staying behind being, you know, the caregivers to their, their children, kind of taking the teacher role right now. Yeah, and, and it's been a challenge. Someone, one of us, you know, someone in the home has to stay home. So investing, so you could, the mom. right. Yeah. So investing is, is probably paramount then because, you know, you're out of the workforce. Um, and if you can get some money, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money. That's the other thing. Uh, I won't go down uh, this rabbit hole too much. But, you know, I think people often think you need a lot of money uh, to start. I think women especially go, I don't have all this cash just to yeah. toss in the There's market. There's other what priorities, yeah. especially like you just mentioned, Rich, with, with COVID and the, that many women now being out of the workforce. I think investing is the last thing. So know, maybe that's why, you know, I, I know a trend is they usually, uh, women usually tend to invest later in life and not earlier in life. And maybe that has a lot to do with yeah, it, that right? definitely adds to it. They, they kind of want to wait until, you know, the kids are a certain age or they, they checked yeah. off these They want to make sure that the they get the, the house, they have their house in order, right? Yeah. Everything's financially sound. Right. Uh, and then they'll think about them. But I think I can debunk a little bit of that. I think if they start a little earlier and it doesn't have even little bits of money, turns into large bits of money because time is your biggest asset. And I think most financial advisors, certainly here at Ion Investments, would probably say that time is your biggest asset, right? If, you, if you're if you 20 or 30, you got a long life to live, I hope, yeah. you know? So, and if you start small, it can really grow big. So- um, One of the major advice is just to, to women to now start taking control, sitting down and really analyzing that it doesn't, you don't have to have a ton, like you said, to start. You know, start budgeting as little as 50 bucks a week, whatever great. it is. You know, um, it's a great the thing. The sooner they start and they start small, it's better than doing nothing at all. Yeah. Budgeting, maybe taking a look at establishing an emergency fund yeah. if possible. And uh, definitely sitting down and, and taking a look at not only budgeting, but, you know, still planning for the future. And, and by the way, not to go too broad here, but I mean, even things like consolidating um, homeowner policies, with car policies, these can say these little tricks. Yeah. You know, instead of having your car, uh, you know, your car with one policy and your homeowners with another one, you put them together. Oftentimes there's discounts and you know what? You save a few thousand bucks a year, potentially. Yeah. I've seen yeah. that too. So there's a lot of things you can do to hunker down budget and kind of, and you can even take some of that savings and invest it, right? Maybe that's where you get the money from. There's a lot of fear with women. I mean, one of the things I see a lot over the years is that they just automatically think they're going to lose this money that they've saved, you know, so they're afraid of investing Mm -hmm. and they keep it in savings accounts and that's a behavioral behavioral thing. It's a fear. And, you know, trying to get them over that fear and make them knowledgeable enough to understand right. investing it is how this money is going to really grow and, and make you la- have it last. I, I think you nailed it on the head, Donna. And I think big part of them sort of understanding the methodology of all this is that it's not like we take your money and throw it in a hole somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. We're not going and buying like some company you never heard of. And you're looking at their objectives, what are they trying to do, how safe it is. I mean, they're going to tell us that. So it's important for them to know that when you meet with somebody, you know, you're laying out 
how risky you want to be. I mean, there are, there's a spectrum, I call it. And the spectrum is like, you got stuff that is risk-free, like your bank accounts. And then you have, and then, and then it works all the way up the spectrum to the very end where you have very speculative things like stocks and like crazy, you know, options and things like that. You don't have to be on that other side. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Right. Uh, and I want to throw out a little thing just to kind of really show the power of um, investing early instead of waiting. Yeah. There's a, uh, a financial tool, financial, um, Calculator. Calculator or, yeah, some some scientist, mathematician came up with, I don't know. But uh, it's called the rule of 72. This rule basically works like this. You take the number 72, you divide it by a known interest rate, but it could be any interest rate. I'm just going to use 6% in this example. So you divide that by 6 and you get 12, the number 12. That represents 12 years. That basically means, uh, to translate that, is if you invested $1 today, or in my case, if you invested, hey, no, forget $1. $10,000 today, 12 years from now, it would be, uh, it would be worth $20,000. And then if you didn't, and this is assuming you put no money back in there, you just started that 10,000, right? 12 years go by, boom, with that same interest rate, you got 20. Another 12 years go by, right? Now you got 40. Another 12 years go by, now you got 80. Another 12 years, now you had $100,000 with that single one investment, yeah. right? Now, again, that's an arbitrary number. It doesn't apply that you have to start with 10,000. You can start with smaller numbers. The math works the same. Not um, only that, the numbers can come out, the, the, the figures can be totally different if you look at the savings account interest rates, which, which is where, yeah. where most women have their money sitting. Sure. Yes. So you use the 6%. Imagine if we did a 0. 0.05. Oh, man, I love this. How love long this. is it going to take for that money to grow? So this is where women are losing out by being too safe and too conservative. And I know you use this with, with your clients, of right? Of course, yeah. of course. We kind of have to show them... Yeah. Hey, we, we can stay conservative, but it's not going to get I mean, us to where we want to be. You've probably had people where they're not even beating inflation, right? Because no, the interest right. rates are so high. They're safely losing money is what I tell them. Yeah. Right. So, so, so this is a, a challenge. Women may invest too conservatively. And Pat, you brought up the rule of 72. But I think the real question is, like, how do we get the women demographic to kind of maybe put their money in right. something a little bit more aggressive I or take, take a right. look like... What I mean, I think time horizon yeah. is maybe a conversation to, to talk about. If you're not using this money now, let's show you that you can earn a little bit more if you actually invest it in a certain way. But I mean, is there any ideas on how maybe we can have a, a woman maybe invest a little bit more aggressively? Yeah, well, a lot of times I just try to get them to understand their pool of money. And is it really necessary to have all this money in the savings account? What's the emergency? Let's divide this money into a certain amount for savings account, a certain amount for investing, a certain amount for college, whatever that number is. If it's if you've got $40,000, let's take 10 out of that, start investing in or whatever the number is. But we got to educate women to let them understand that not all that money needs to sit into this conservative savings account. And let's start there. Then we really help educate them into the different types of investing and get just get that fear out of their, their way so that they know growing this money is going to ultimately give them the protection that they need for this money to last and growing it in an investment versus in a savings account. So yeah. the first you're, step is just get them in, get them knowledgeable. So you're really talking about the foundation, right? The this, foundation. Is where we're, this is where we're going to start, we're start right? Yeah. We're not just going to jump in. We're really going to yeah. build something. Women are naturally savers. I mean, right. we're going to have that emergency fund. And before we know it, that emergency fund is bigger and bigger and bigger because that's what we fear right. is where is that emergency? If there's emergency, where's that money coming from? Investing is not. We're thinking if we're working, the 401k is for investing. But we got to take some of that emergency fund and invest in 
maybe are. define what that is. And it could be different for each client. It usually it is. is. But I mean, for the for the general public, a lot of times it's three to six months of living expenses. Right. I think most financial advisors yeah. would probably and Some women don't even have that. Some homes can't even afford right. that. You know, right. they're still kind of like looking. We might have two months of emergency expense because like Rich pointed out, maybe there's only one person in the, in the household that's working right. providing. So right. for every person, it's different. It's different sure. But at the end of the day, if we can just say 50 bucks a month, some, some small number, whatever that number is, let's adjust our lifestyle to fit that number so we can get investing. Right? So what I did with my women clients, especially the ones that weren't too savvy on all this stuff, is that's exactly what we did. We started with small amounts of money. Mm-hmm. to kind of I think that helped build trust yeah anything um and basically show them what I'm telling them is true right you didn't have to start with you know give me everything give me a little bit let me or... prove it to you I mean as a financial advisor it's really us that should be proving it to the customer right. that we are what we say we are so and I think that's uh I think that's a good way to do it and they can start to see it grow and the money and I think that takes that might help take some of the anxiety away, right? Yeah. So instead of them, because I think a lot of times, like you said, they think they have to put all this money in. Yeah. So I feel like we're talking a lot about financial planning and, and setting financial goals. I think also too, we also long term, you know, we got to think about retirement planning for women. So you know, a third point, and I mentioned it in the beginning, is but it, it is definitely when we do retirement planning is is women generally live longer than men. Right. And it is a real issue. And we see it a lot, uh, you know, widows and whatnot. So, so Donna, what are, what are the things we can do or what are the things you do with your clients when it comes to planning for women in that scenario? So, yeah, I mean, especially with the women living longer, it definitely has to have a different approach. Um, and, and that's where the education comes into place because a lot of times women panic. If we do get them investing and the market's crazy, they want out, they want to keep the money safe. And that's something that we can't always do because if we're going to live longer than men, we want to keep our money invested. We can't allow COVID or whatever election, whatever these things that pop up that makes us fearful of what what if we lose our money? So getting them really educated on the planning for retirement, it has to be committed and it has to stay long-term no matter what's going on so that we can achieve the results that we need. I love that point, by the way. Yeah, yeah the education point, I think, especially as it applies to women, I think uh, would make women way more comfortable meeting with somebody like you if that was yeah. your kind of your philosophy, right? Yeah. Let's educate you first. Let's so women, I don't think, uh, just speaking from experience, they're going to take the emotion house, out of yeah, it. You know, it, it's that they're fear mo- that yeah. what if we lose it all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm in the industry. It's, so it's, it's the fear. And then I think it's the the unknown of not knowing what the investments are because they don't understand. So a little education, very basic layman's terms, because uh, oftentimes we can break what seems like a complicated term down to a layman's term. Then. People go, oh, that's all that meant? Okay. And because yeah. we're living longer, that retirement yeah. planning is key it's because key. Yeah. there's not a lot of pensions going around anymore. So we don't have these pensions that's going to come back to us from our spouses, right? So it's very important for us to create our own pensions. And depending on how young you are, Social Security may be or may not be there. We don't know that. So, And that's just really uh, you know, an addition to retirement planning. We have to do it ourselves. We have to put every penny away that we can for our own retirement. So income planning becomes more important. Uh, I'm sure social security planning, and I would think some estate planning too. And, I, and all those things you just said, you nailed it. I mean, I had a client more recent, not more recent, a couple of years ago whose husband passed away, but he was the money guy, right? So she was a stay at home. He had and it's ba- typical he, that we see that the, the husbands was, are the money In this guy. case, that's what it was. And he, he worked and she didn't. And um, they were young, 50s, and he had uh, passed away uh, unexpectedly. Uh, there was a windfall of some money that she received due to life insurance and other things. 
But imagine how frozen you got this emotional thing going on in your life. Now you've got all this money. Yeah. You're only 52. She didn't have any 401ks or anything of her own assets, just a joint bank account and stuff. So, so this money has to stretch from 52 yeah. to 62, 72, you know, a little right. longer, eight, possibly into her yeah, 80s. 30 years yeah. or so. <clears throat> so either she's got to get a job ASAP, you know, or, uh, and that might be, sometimes you have to have those conversations, but really she needs to know what can I do to maximize this money in a way that I'm not risking my share. Right? Yeah, and part of the planning is just that because when, you know, we lose that, that, that spouse, you know, there's so much that's gone with it. So protecting the income and the assets, the other that. piece yeah, that we need it. to add to I, not just getting women to save and invest, but how do we now protect that and, right. and insure ourselves. Everybody life, likes protection. Life insurance right. is, yeah. a, is a key piece that a lot of us miss. And, right. and that's something that women, I think, once we show them, because we're so conservative and worry about safety, that's a way that we can really help educate them to help protect their... And I think you're assets. saying like diversification is really important. So you have one piece, maybe that's fully, you know, doing your protection thing. You've got another piece that maybe is, if it's a pool of risk, they're dipping their toe just to get a little bit better of an interest rate. Or right. another piece that's a little bit more moderate. And all these pieces together sort of uh, work in conjunction uh, to get to the goals. And they should balance themselves out and then lower the overall risk of the portfolio, right? So. And that's where sometimes women in general seem to think it's too complex and too complicated. But that's why, you know... I, it's maybe just best to just seek a financial advisor and sit down with a financial advisor and um, get those ideas and start the planning. So the fourth point is women generally earn less income and generally have less savings, just in, just in general. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, to help with the question to Donna is typically in a, in a marriage, you know, I think it's important to bring both parties to the table. So, okay. so where do we, where do we start? Where do we, you know, it's not, it's not just about the woman; it's about the the whole unit. I guess is my point. Like, how do we get right. that, get them going? There's two ways. So, if, if this is a married couple and the, the husband is in the office or reached out to a financial advisor, it's best to bring the couple and the husband and the wife, so they're both in on what's going on and in the planning, and really try to keep it simple enough so that they both understand. Do you think it's important if one partner has a better relationship, but the woman maybe doesn't connect so much with the advisor? Don't you feel? Maybe I've that- seen I've seen that dynamic. Um, over the years where there is that, you know, when one of them connects and the other doesn't, and sometimes it's because they don't want to, like, that's not my thing. Yeah. I see women just kind of pushing it off, but I try to make sure I bring them in and says, I need you to understand but, it because at the yeah. end of the day, you're going to inherit this money. So I think you're of the school of thought that, yeah, both parties should be uh, both parties learning, learn. even if you don't want to learn because you, yeah. you don't know if you At least the basics. It. And you should be both comfortable with who you're working with because, you know, as financial advisors, it's a relationship business a lot of times. So, right. and then there's the there's the one who has no sp- no partner right, right. No spouse, yes. and they're Number alone they go, where do i start now there's tons of things on the internet but do we want to just pull up like the yellow pages and find a financial advisor probably not start with your local bank i mean ion investments we have yeah. our team here um but every local bank has one and you know typically you can get referred to them or just ask questions mm-hmm. if there is one and you can get referred to it so yeah. Um, and that's a great way to start because you're not going to have to, uh, in most programs, ever pay a fee to do that. Because right. uh, if, if there's a lot of different types of financial advisors. So some might charge like a um, like a, the way an attorney would charge a fee, like a session. And that's fee, another so. misconception. People think they need to have to pay an advisor to get to talk to yeah. them. Yeah, so that's, that's a good, not always the case. Point, so um, don't be fearful of that. Start with your local bank. Ask for the financial advisor if there is one. Um, you know, most people have multiple banks. So if you have two, three, ask each one of them. I, I doubt you'll you'll not find one. Yeah. But that's a good place. And I'd also say this one more thing. Yeah, I'd also say, you know, come with a list of questions for the advisor. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think that's like get to know them because oh, yeah. you got to work together. Yeah. You're going to work together. You're trying. We're trying to help you get from point A to point B. So it's like uh, 
help me help you kind of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and even us here, our team, we have, uh, you could search us even something as Google. I know even Google Financial Advisors in Manchester, and you'll have a few pop up. Um, yeah. And just do a little bit of research. Um, go meet not one, but maybe two of them if you have Certainly. the time. And, and, and just interview, your, right? Interview. Take some notes, yeah. you know? And, and, and feel the vibes, right? There's energy in these rooms. If yeah. you feel like you're clicking and you're hearing the right stuff, that yeah. sounds good. If you feel it's a little stuffy and maybe not the right fit, then that's okay too. Yeah, I think it's always good at just using an advisor as a sounding board, especially for, for married couples. It's, it's sometimes hard to talk about money. I'm sure there's some like, preconceive something it there at times, you know, like, or, or some emotional pain. We're like, why'd you spend all this money on X? And then now, now that they don't, now that they don't talk about money anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boat. but, uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's good to use an advisor as a, as a third party to kind of help you talk about money and, and open things up a little bit. So we talk about four major challenges when it comes to women and money. And I think let's, let's, let's wrap it up and kind of talk about the six things that you could do overall. And I'll start with the first one. And I know it's challenging. I'm sure if there's any you know working mothers uh, or mothers that are kind of having the effects of, especially with COVID right now. But uh, when you get a chance, definitely sit down and try to take control of your money. And we know we mentioned it earlier by maybe you know doing a budget or establishing an emergency fund. And um, and the second one is become a more knowledgeable investor, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the key is really, really taking the time to educate yourself. Another item to, to consider is taking charge of your financial future is advocate for yourself in the workplace. Champion your achievements. Uh, when you're, if you are job hunting, don't be afraid to negotiate for a, a salary. Just be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, actually to your salary... Um argument the women that i came up through in this business um you know when we started out out of college uh, i never actually tried to negotiate salaries i just thought it was what it was and I, there was a, a pretty crafty woman uh, that was my age at the time and she always got a few bucks more than i did <laughs> you know all the time and it worked out in the long run for her. so um you're right don't be afraid yeah. you know don't yeah. be afraid to ask so and as you mentioned the salary i mean another big thing is just plan for that retirement invest in that 401k if your company has one it it, it may seem scary that you need every dollar to put on the table put some money in that 401k learn to live with that particular net paycheck whatever it is if it's too hard then dial it down a little bit but don't do nothing do something into that 401k yeah, you're a lot of then later yeah yeah perfect point um a lot of them have matches so by not doing anything you're giving up money meaning uh if you put five percent of your pay in some companies will match you five percent from their coffers so now you're getting ten percent going yeah. in right on that example they're not all five percent they do change and it is company to company but um definitely take advantage of it and to donna's point i mean do what you can don't you know don't put all your money in it if you but you know, the maximum you can, yeah. or, or some people do it. So it doesn't feel so hard that first year they do a percentage and then it increases each mm-hmm. year thereafter. So it doesn't feel like a big hit at once. And then, cause I'll tell you, once it's gone, it just leaves the brain. You're, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, you're once you get, get your paycheck, it's your paycheck and you, you budget based on that. Yeah. If, if, you know, if you have to think so. about saving from that, it's usually harder. So. Right. so our fourth point is to plan for retirement. Uh, the fifth point, this one is near and dear to my heart, to protect your income and assets. And I, when I think about that, I really think about insurance, mm-hmm. especially life insurance. I had a couple of quick, quick stories where uh, two couples in their 30s and they, they both have kids and this happened within a month of each other and the husband died in, bo- in both families. So I had two situations within a matter of month where two couples in their 30s, both husbands died and they both, they all had kids and neither of them had life insurance. Oh, wow. Okay. 
And well, they weren't they weren't clients when I well, in the beginning, but they became clients. I should reiterate that. But I wish I had them clients sooner because I would have said you guys should consider life insurance. So sometimes as a as a couple, it's good to talk about that too, especially if, in general. Sometimes the man is the, is bringing in the income while the the woman is the caregiver. And in this situation, the woman's still the caregiver to the, to the children, but now there's no money coming in because the husband's no longer there. Right. So definitely consider insurance and protecting your income and And assets. To to piggyback off what you were saying from my earlier story from uh, my client who lost her husband and inherited life insurance. She didn't have that. They didn't have a substantial savings. That was a necessity. She, it was like, Oh my God. And I remember her coming and going, thank God I have this. So there is a place, I think, for life insurance. People will talk about life insurance in all different ways. You can hear all different types of uh, opinions on life insurance, but they're, in my opinion, I do believe that there is a yeah, place Yeah, everyone should have some. Right. If, you're, if you have kids and assets to protect, if you right. have, you know, yeah. everyone should have it. And the last point, Donna, uh, creating, creating an estate plan in case that yes. unfortunate event happens, have a will, have a plan for incapacity. I think couples that maybe remarry, that's also important too, especially if there's kids in the mix. Make sure if anything were happened to you, uh, assets get disposed of properly, and if anything were to happen to you, incapacity wise, that there's a there's a plan. Have, have beneficiaries updated. Make sure your beneficiaries and whatever meant little money or big money you have doesn't matter. Just make sure you have beneficiaries listed or they're it's listed the in the will. Um, cornerstones, I think. It's, it's, of, of the, it's missed the so often. Plan. Yeah, and and that you can't really stress that enough. I mean, you um, you really should have all your estate stuff. So it's like the will's done, the beneficiaries are updated, even medical stuff. Like your, you know, you, yeah. you may not know, your kids might not know all your medical things, right? right. So, so Rich's example, your 30-year-old client, I mean, no will, no insurance, no nothing. I mean, I could only imagine how worlds turn inside out for that family. Yeah, it does complicate things yeah. a lot. Um, right. Devastating. So I just want to Thank Donna, you know, so much for coming in today. Yeah. Huge awesome, Donna. Me. Thank you. Thanks, and having that perspective. We'll, we'll bring her back in. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> it. No, we definitely thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, to our listeners. We've actually had hundreds of downloads, and this, this podcast is picking up, and we want to bring on more advisors uh, so you can hear from our team and uh, send us questions. Yeah, we'd they, love to hear some questions. I mean, if you guys don't don't feel shy, get out there. Uh, I think you can send it to the website or something. Yeah, you can send it through the website. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Facebook yeah, LinkedIn, okay. maybe some additional in the future. Um, I'll leave the, uh, the email and the descriptor as well for these podcasts, but definitely reach out and to where, us. Where can you find us, Rich? I know most people probably know, but yep. I do just get some questions sometimes. Yep. Our, which platforms? So our website is ion-investments.com. And for our podcast, you can find us on all major platforms. I think we're on Amazon Music now as well, Apple, Spotify. Yep, just look for Iron Investments. We should pop up on Google <laughs> first, first shot. So, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Donna, for coming in today. Yep, um, I think this was a great uh, use of time. I think there's some got some really good points out there, and uh, we look forward to the next one. Yep, uh, stay safe out there. Yep. Bye. Just a quick disclosure, all speakers on this podcast are financial advisors with Infinex Investments. Investment and insurance products and services are offered through Infinex Investments, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Ion Investments is a trade name of Ion Bank. Infinex and the bank are not affiliated. Products and services made available through Infinex are not insured by the FDIC or any other agency of the United States and are not deposits or obligations of nor guaranteed or insured by any bank or bank affiliate. These products are subject to investment risk, including the possible loss of value.